To live or to die, those are the choices we're given. And out of living and dying, I much prefer living. That means I must find something to believe in. Endless battle. A search for meaning. For some, life's meaning is just an assumption. But if you question, you might have to make meaning out of nothing. Some attempt to find satisfaction in looks and wealth, but for the self-actualized, happiness comes from within the self. It takes substance, form, to live in a world where nothing's sure. It takes courage, it takes nous, and it takes something more. But take heart, for inside the heart, you'll find the dark. And inside the dark, you'll find the light, shining bright. A precious gift for my divine child. You want to say, you'll do whatever it takes to make it right. But you can't find the words and they lay inside. Sometimes you cry just to brave the night. And you have to use all your strength to hide how you feel inside. But there's something waiting for you. Way on the other side. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time. But nobody ever said it would be easy to change your life. My name's Kurt Robinson. Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. Round two with Charlie, the, the Carlos, Charlie. Carlito. Carlitos. Charlie, the magical unicorn. <laughs> I've, I've looked, I've been looking forward to this. No, the last episode that we did together was, was pretty good. Yeah. You got, a, you got us all thinking. But um, actually, we, we're going to jump from there. And um, because last, from the last episode, I gave you some homework. You did. I did I, it. Yeah, you did. 10 out of 10. Funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> for once. Uh, no, yeah, actually, for once. Really? Uh, I do my homework sometimes, but I have a thing. I have a thing of not doing homework. <laughs> Try and have a look, see who wrote this piece. Um, this is the... Mr. The critical point, Mr. Exobase, I think that's his name. Yeah, it was a document from the Exobase. Mr. Skinner, uh, Mr. Skinner Lane. Skinner Lane, 2014. In in Italy, Balletta. Okay, so the critical point is an article uh, that was written that kind of steps you through some of the assumptions that you might be holding from your cultural layers, whether it's your family or, you know, local society, your country, or, uh, or just whatever group of people you're hanging around with, you, you seem to adopt assumptions from these guys. Mm. And, you know, that becomes part of your, part of your world and reality. Um, the reason why I gave it to you, Charlie, in particular, mm. was because um, you talked a lot about these moments, these epiphanies you're having when you're studying, going through this different literature at university and different lecturers that you had that were exploding your mind. 
And I wanted to try and articulate what the process is in that when you walk out of the lecture theater and go, something happened to me in there. I got a new idea and now I'm questioning everything. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's a great question to ask. Well, let's, let's step through. I mean, that's what, that's what you said happened. And I think most of us have experienced that. We kind of, uh, we kind of, as we're growing up, we realize maybe our parents, you know, aren't the, the know it all, you know, they don't have all the answers, you know, they're, they're just people just like us and, you know, no, no different to kids really, which most of us don't grow up. And, uh, and then, you know, you have that realization of, you know, none of us really know what the hell is going on here. You know, who's making the rules that those kind of realizations. Well, I think it's, it's, it's funny. It's interesting that, um, like I very much remember, I mean, you know, stuff sort of happens in different stages of your life. Hey, and, I really remember the feelings of coming out of the, um, you know, classroom or lecture theater. Well, it wasn't really lecture theater, more yeah. classroom. Yeah. Um, and kind of just being like, whoa, okay, so this is, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> after, after, oh, what? <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's, it's, it's three o'clock in the it's, it's it's I just had a class in what and and I mean I think I remember very very much the um, that feeling of coming out of the classroom and going like what what's happening so this this is an education system you know talking about uh, the cr- criticizing the um, the tertiary education system, criticizing um, university system. Analyzing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Approaching it with critical thinking. Yes. Um, as you should all things in life. Um, and peeling back these layers of actually maybe not all this is just there to you know, this whole system isn't just there to educate, you know, it's, there's other more, um, slightly more sinister, more insidious, more insidious, um, aspects to, (laughs) you know, an education system that's now run mass or menace as a business. Yeah. Yeah. So what, uh, what you, you did mention that you're one of, one of your lecturers says stuff about one of your lecturers criticizes the, the university system yeah. a lot. And so, so is, did he say there's like certain hidden assumptions within the university system thing, things that you might not think about? What do you mean by that? Uh, like, like hidden assumptions in, in the university system in, in, in the, how, how it's structured or mm. how, well, I think what was really, really interesting sort of point that he made, and I think it's a really interesting point that's also made in the in the um, article. Mm. Um, whereas I think actually in the article it's a bit more objective. He was quite um, uh, scathing <laughs> of right. the of the managerialism, mm. as he put it. 
of the, of the, of the okay. you know, sort of McDonaldization. Yeah, yeah. An overemphasis on administrative staff right. and processes, Bureaucracy. And bureaucratic processes yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, this is coming out of also, you know, I've got to remember this is coming out of from a, you know, this guy is based in, in some pretty, pretty deep, you know, Marxist sort of like, um, <laughs> you know, philosophies. I mean, not total. He's quite critical of Marxism as well. But, mm. um, but I think his point was really, really interesting that we, um, you know, construct this system and the more bigger it gets, the more complicated it gets, the harder it gets to kind of steer it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's, you have all these entrenched interests, all these bureaucrats that want to keep the job, and they keep trying to justify that they even should have a job. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. very, and, and it's this sort of um, this this careerists. Ah. The, so the the careerists in 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 your in your standard, you know, administrative one administrative a1 position or whatever mm, mm. that is really only interested in furthering their own career mm-hmm. and not the pursuit of knowledge and the dissemination of knowledge yeah. and education okay or well, self self improvement is just it's the well i mean self improvement sure they could come <laughs> into that is 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 yeah. is, imp- is is going up the ranks is is and mm. so they will bypass a lot of their own morals mm. in order to get ahead. Mm. And I think that's a—I mean, that's that's sort of um, testament to the, you know, your your um, classic business environment mm. sort of. Career, the career is the really important thing. Is to get ahead. Is to do 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 Is to. Mm. This is like this. I don't know. So sociopathic kind of. Uh, yeah, I guess the I guess you, the word you use careerist is probably the best oh, word, best way to <laughs> economicalist. Yeah, economicalist. This is the rational thing to do. This is the rational humanist. Look out for yourself. <laughs> and I think it's like he um, the um, Skinner. Mm. Yeah, we should we should yeah so skinner lane yeah skinner lane the critical point is, and, is the essay and thank you skinner for introducing this really interesting um, <laughs> yeah so article. well that's that's um yeah i, th- I think you're, you're being very critical of businesses there but but on the other hand i mean this article i think you agree with a lot of things in this article and this article is about uh entrepreneurialism to, to some extent and, and it's about offering value uh, and creating thing, you know, it's about imp- improving yourself, overcoming your fears, and yeah. and doing something for other people, mm. and probably making money while you're doing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I, I like. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not um, anti-business. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a need for balance in, especially in the education system. Uh huh. I mean, I think especially in the education, in the in the formal education system, of mm. the need for re um, a reassessment of how yeah. 
of where resources go and mm. what's actually like a reassessment of priorities of what's mm-hmm. really um, important in that in that system. What's what's really cool with this is it makes it really personal. It, it makes it almost uh, it, it hits you in the face with it, and it says take responsibility for what you chose. You know you're still partaking and enjoying this world. You know, you might be still going to your work. You might be still finishing that degree. You might be still, you know, pursuing more financial wealth in your life. So take responsibility and reassess what you're actually doing, what your role is in the world from, uh, from almost like a spiritual point of view. Um, to, to sum up the, like the education system and, you know, the formal education system is only like the tip of the iceberg. Like, you know, we're molded into being the ideal little citizen, you know, to go out there and, and do our, our Monday to Friday plus weekend and, you know, stay stick in line. But I like where he says here, we must flee from the noise to a still and quiet place where we are free to think thoughts long banished by our education and socialization. It's like, we, we can't even think anymore. <laughs> and we think we can because we have opinions and stuff that was created by other people. But what, but what have you created? And uh, that's like becoming the entrepreneur. Like, what are you going to create? Where's the new, the new road or the new path? Mm. Uh, indeed, the rules of society were written with good intentions and our institutions designed originally with good in mind. But as the saying goes, the road to hell is, by, is paved by good intentions. And we, not, we now find ourselves in hell. And that, that hell, I think, is our own, you know, our own character in a way. Like, you know, like what we, what we desire isn't really what we desire, but perhaps what we've been sold. Like this idea of, you know, you want, you want a nice new car or you, you want a bigger house, you want that big family. It's like, you know, is that what you want or is that just because you're kind of following in, in daddy's footsteps? Well, it's interesting because I think that can also apply. Like we talk about, you know, the, the, the classic um, materialist goal, big car, big house, big da da da. But I also think that this is because maybe we get a little bit confused sometimes when it's like, you know, I mean, for you and for you and for me, that's not what we desire. We don't desire the big house, the big car, and the, the classic materialist things. But I do think this trap also um, applies to what you think you desire even as a person who is trying to not follow in the materialist footsteps. So it's being true to what you actually want and trying to find out what you actually want. Like, you know, you could, I really want to, you could think you really want to work with disabled children and that's a good, really good thing, but maybe that's not actually that's what you think you want. Yeah, maybe you just want to hang out. Maybe you with just want to fulfill this um, this this image of yourself. You just want to fulfill this thing that you think you want, and when you get it, it's not actually what you want. It's just what you think other people think you want. I think that's why people are really dissatisfied when you get to that. Um, when you get to that, like you know, when when you win, you win the goal you're trying to achieve, and it's like that's always there's always an emptiness there. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a, a podcast 
with Aubrey Marcus, and he talks about always moving that you know that goalpost further and further. Like like maybe you do want to you know open a, up a company and you do want to get a certain level, but always be thinking of what happens then. You know, where's the next expansion? And not only the same, not just career, but you know spiritually or just with your friends group or relationships. You know, we need to be looking at, at a lot of things. There's a lack of contentment. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And that's. Uh, there's a, a cool book called uh, Mastery by George Leonard, and he he talks about his he talks about what it what it means to be a master at, at something like like you know a master of your art, you, yeah, uh, and yeah it's a it's a great book, uh, and yeah the thing is he he talks about how um, we're we're all sold this image like this Hollywood image and this this front page headline image. Where people are just achieving, like we see the point of success, and, and that's that's the image which gets projected the most. But um, nobody shows the the image where this guy is working away for five or ten years in in his studio or you know on the streets where wherever he is trying trying to perfect what he's doing. Uh, but that's like that's where life is. That's where the the beauty is and the process. That's yeah. where the juicy. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the gristle and the juice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's where the, the children become men. I think I get trapped a little bit though. Like, you know, I think we all do. Sometimes, sometimes I see a, a really sweet Mercedes Benz, you know, overtake me as I'm rattling along in my bocho. And I think, you know, I, I'm driving a German car. Why can't it be that German car? <laughs> like, you know, I didn't, I'm not materialistic, yeah. but, you know, there has to be something to do with the noise pollution in this car right now that's, a, that's not letting me think as nice as if I had, you know, nice big leather seat, smooth ride, you know, magnetic suspension and, you know, playing classical music. Maybe I could produce more. You know, maybe, maybe buying into a little bit of this dream will help me be more productive. Mm. That's that's me, and I know I know Kurt. You're like Aaron. You're the genius at justifying. <laughs> shit. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> maybe if I just have a if super hot trophy wife, maybe I'll, I'll win a million dollars in the lottery. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, exactly. There's exactly. an interesting. There's, there's that interesting. I mean, I think it touches on that sort of thing in this article. In the, I mean, yeah. Um, it's, it's your new Bible, Aaron. It's the. It's going to be the basis of a of a completely new religion. This, <laughs> because uh, the guys that that I was talking to about at the in Acapulco, and uh, in particular, uh, the, the ex, all the exo base guys, they they were all pretty switched on. You can see they had, they had this like core, like they had their, their Iron Man, you know, light on. Uh, they were going to achieve. Like, you know, they're all, they're all, we're all doing big things and, you know, you, um, which is cool. I mean, the, the Nakapulco event was really cool because a lot of people had a lot of really good, unique ideas and everyone was there to help everyone achieve that or, you know, at least keep everyone accountable to what they're doing and ask, you know, for, from like an educated, smart point of view, uh, how do you intend doing that? And you know, have you thought out these things? You know, not trying to shoot you down, but being realistic. Yeah, it's just a good crew of people. Um, so that, that's that's where this came to me, and I can see you know that that's already becoming quite a big quite a big movement to break out of these out of these systems and start doing your own thing. 
Yeah. You, you find that bit? Um, or I'm just trying to find... Um, so that you just sparked a thing of, um, of... Like when you said, this is going to be a new religion. I actually remember I read this bit. Um, that's um, Retirement is the eschatolo- eschatological aspiration incepted in us throughout our formative years. And then I was like, okay... I don't know what eschatological means. <laughs> <laughs> Time to look that up. Continue. Um, and I looked eschatological up, and I um, came across um, the just on the Wikipedia page about eschatology, which is the study of the fir- the start and the end of life and religious in a religious context. Wow. Um, okay. And like the meaning of okay. stuff, like eschaton. It's eschaton means like the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I came across this um, a bit on a religion called Bah um, Bahi Bahi. Yeah, I think that's Bahi religion. Yeah. Um, which is all about you know the the. You know, it's a monotheistic religion, but it's mm. about the unity of people, unity of races, unity of all people under God. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's really interesting. <laughs> as, a, as, a, um, as a religion, yeah. um, you know, you don't hear a whole, I mean, you hear a whole a few religions kind of going like, this is it, but you know, and, and I, I thought it really interesting that Bahi has this idea that all the different religions are, are, are just steps towards the next, mm-hmm. and that instead of like human life being this one thing, that's like that's it, human life. It's this continual, and, and religion is this continual form of evolution mm. into new. Mm. Um, so. You know, all Islam and Judaism and Buddhism and Christianity, all the prophets, you know, mm-hmm. are all sending these new messages mm-hmm. from God to then, you know, it's time to evolve and change. And we've got to, we've got to instill new values and we've got to evolve consciousness and, and keep progressing in society. And I found that a really interesting point. Um, ah, just a really interesting idea coming from a you know a kind of a formal religious institution. Mm. Um, so you mean like every every religion is a chapter on a bigger religion? Yeah. Like we're all, it's all the same religion. Religion is like the the one movement towards being a better human race. I guess I could say. I think so. I think that was that was the the, the message I kind of got out of it, um, and I mean, basically, the, the the I mean, I've just got it here. The most prominent distinctive principles in the Bahis teachings are love and unity, which are exemplified in the Golden Rule and many social principles. Blah 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 blah. I remember when I was uh, when I went for an exchange course, like um, I went to France to do like uh, project management. I was earning, it was like a winter, winter school course. And one of the guys that I, you know, buds now, um, Ryan Harrison, um, from the U S he, he messaged, like he, he asked me, you know, have you heard about this religion? 
Or are, you, are you part of it? Like you come across to me, like you must have friends that are, they're in this religion and go, you know, you come across to me like, like that. Um, but I, I think it's just um, anyone that's, that's aware that, you know, that we are just, we're just, you know, we think, you know, we're number one animal on this planet and we come up with a few ideas, you know, we, we, paint some some shit on the wall and all of a sudden you know we are we're like you know the number one being in all of time and civilization in the universe and we think we're pretty good but we can't even look after ourselves kind of it's a pretty fundamental i you know it's fundamental thought because i I can't even say it's an idea but it's not one that we all share which is pretty pretty slack i mean on some people that don't understand that you know as being human beings we kind of do need to look after each other we should be helping each other. Um, it's like it's like seeing one dog attack another dog on the street, and you're like, you know, why why are you guys even fighting? <laughs> and then then we have all these wars and everything going on. It's like you know, where do we begin with that? Well, I think there's a, 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 a central banking. That's that's what I'm working. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, <laughs> the, the the I really liked as well the point that was made in the article about. Um, about self-reliance. Oh, yeah. Um, and I really like the point because I think I've been, I'm going through this like point now in my life where I'm like, okay, self-reliance. Mm. And my thing is, okay, I've got to do everything myself. <laughs> but it's like, and I was really, really pertinent in, in the article. It's like, no, you actually can't do everything yourself. Mm. Like, you can't. And it's not what self-reliance is really about. Mm. Not about trying to do everything yourself. It's more about being true to yourself and being um, having. I mean, you know, going through all these um, strategies and plans, having these structures in place in your life, so that when things don't go according to plan, you still have a structure to deal with it. Mm. And and to to um, I really like the the thing of, of, it, of confronting those fears and confronting those challenges and turning them into allies, um, which I know, I mean, it's super difficult. <laughs> it's not easy, hey. Um, but when you do, you know, when you do have those little, like I remember the other day, you know, sitting there and I know this feeling, especially when you're traveling, when you're like, you have this build up in yourself and you're like, I know I should, I should like there was this um, dude sitting across from me and I was doing my homework and I was like, I, I should reach out to people and talk with people. Yeah. But no, 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 they're not gonna they're not gonna say anything, they're not gonna they're gonna just like rude or something or, <laughs> or, or, or and then you're like, Fuck this. Hey man, do you know anything about Day of the Dead? Because I was doing my project on Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, and we started having this conversation. And boom, 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 boom. And afterwards, I was like, yes! <laughs> Whoa! All right. I can do this. You can connect with people. And it's creating this, it's, you know, this fear of like, oh, maybe I can't, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And then, you do, and then you do it. And then you're like, Whoa. And it becomes your ally. It becomes your strength. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really, really, I don't know, I felt like I was like, okay, cool. I'm starting to, I'm starting to develop this. I'm starting to develop <laughs> this self-reliance sort of stuff. It's like, yeah. okay. And it's so, it's, so, it's so funny when you like 
you you look at this thing and you think it's a big thing and then you go in and, and you confront it and you're like, what was I so worried about? <laughs> um, my friend used to say to me that that uh, the, the world isn't as you think it is. The world isn't the world. The world is actually a high school party and you can walk up to anyone and start talking to them. <laughs> I like that. I like that attitude. analogy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that analogy. And it's a true, I think it's very true because, I mean, you go up to someone mm. and you start talking to them. Mm. Um, that what? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They, I, I'm a bit busy. I can't talk right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you say? <laughs> you know, it's like it's not that big a thing, but we build it up. We build it up yeah. so much, and I'm just as guilty as everyone else. <laughs> yeah, but I I think it exists particularly in Australia, and and I guess maybe maybe in the UK as well. Uh, um, but it's like, I, I think most places in the world, most places I've been outside of Australia, they just don't, they don't really care about talking to strangers like they'll do it. Um, and I, I don't know if we've had it beaten into us like stranger danger, look out kids. Um, what's going to happen if you, you know, the, the man on the outside the school is going to try to give you candy or some nonsense like that. Uh, uh, and yeah, your parents telling you not to talk to strangers. And yeah, I feel like it's not quite as black and white. Like it's not. I don't yeah. think. I feel. I don't feel like I've had stranger danger. In fact, yeah, I feel yeah. like I've had stranger danger beaten out of me. <laughs> um, but I think it's for me. It's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a deeply ingrained social thing. Yeah. Of like yeah. what that it's an anxiety of what could happen. I I could look bad, mm. or I could come off as dumb, mm. or. You know, um, I mean, the, the more you analyze it, the more you're like, wow, that's actually really, <laughs> really irrational. <laughs> <That's quite silly. laughs> um, but it's a thing that keeps like after you, you know, after you do it, you're like, oh, cool. I can just talk to anyone. But then it actually requires to be, to be, to be constant. constant. Yeah. 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 A constant, that challenging of that, um, you know, I guess it's a, a, a limiting structure mm. of sorts. I feel like that is a real, that is one of those things in me that is something I'm not super stoked on. You know, that barrier in in me, I, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I wonder if it does set, serve a purpose or if it is a really irrational barrier that, Builds up this 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 segregation sort of between people. I'm, well, I'm sure it does serve a purpose. It's like this homeostasis when, like your your brain kind of tells you, look, you 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 haven't done that before, and everything's going fine, so you don't need to take any risks. Yeah. <laughs> everything's cool. Just relax. But you're like, well, you know, with your conscious mind, you're like, well, hang on, yeah, everything is fine, but let's have a little adventure here. <laughs> yeah.
now we're going to talk about that wall. We are going to talk about the wall. The wall. The great wall of pain. <laughs> great wall of internal. The, the great wall of, uh, I don't know about it. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. How would you describe it? You came, you came up with the wall. <laughs> I did come up with the wall. How do I describe the wall? I guess I was kind of referring to the wall in the sense of that it's like we build it for safety, for perceived safety. We build this wall. But then we realize that everything's on the outside of the wall. And so we need to, we've built this like big shit hot wall to keep everything out, but we actually want, need to go out to everything to grow and experience. Hmm. So we've built this wall up and then you have to like, or not just us, I mean our, our experiences and how we've been, you know, um, and in, in particular, you know, um, social interaction and all this sort of stuff. But then... So you think, we think that we're still on the inside of the wall, but there's really no inside. We're really on the outside. Well, no. I think we build this wall between us and the other. Yeah. Because we think that that's necessary for safety or necessary to keep us, keep the integrity of us. But actually building the wall between us and the other separates us and experience. So you to, to, to really like break down that wall and start experiencing other people, you've really got to work quite hard because you've worked quite hard subconsciously to build the wall up. Yeah, okay. See, I don't, I don't even know. I know the walls are there, but I don't know if we built it or whether it was a gift to us. Hmm. Like, do you think it was, it was already yeah, there? Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's not a, um, a thing that we consciously built i know we we pay attention to it like we you know we make it we make it real otherwise we would just be free and doing whatever we want yeah but, but I, I just i just don't i don't know i i don't want to believe that we that we made it i think maybe maybe it was a wall okay maybe it was a wall that was produced in our mind by by the social education you know, environment that we're in, you know, what we've been pushed through. Like you guys mentioned like uh, stranger danger and, and all that, that could be part of it, of making like a real thing. But I personally, I think it's um, an inability of being, not being able to make a decision. Like it's like, uh, you know, is, is it, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen if I say, if I climb over this wall, whatever your task is, but uh, I would rather if I don't make the decision to climb over, I won't get hurt, or I won't fall over, or I won't whatever, and in that way I'm protected. So I, I'm not sure if it's the wall itself or it's the inability to make the call. Yeah, right. I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point, and maybe it is. Maybe it's the 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 fact that if you don't make the decision, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to confront whatever it is. Hmm. Like, yeah, no, that, that makes, I think that's a good point. 
I think that's a good point. It's not like this very short, short-term thinking where you're like, "Well, I can shut it all out for now, and I don't have to think about it." But then, uh, like Ayn Rand says, you can ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Yeah. <laughs> Sooner or later, it's it's going to pop up. Well, what what I find sometimes with extremely intelligent people, like very uh, in the sense of like critical, analytical people. Um, they they will construct an entire uh, an entire worldview that's very rigid uh, and almost un- unshakable. Like you can't move it. But the problem is, it, it it means that they can't view subtlety. And you'll try to expose them to a new idea, and you you'll be very careful in your wording and construct everything because you're like trying to make this this perfect key which will fit into the only place in this giant construct that it can actually enter. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and, and then they'll be like, oh, you're saying this. And you're like, no, <laughs> that's not what I was saying. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, do you have With like some... Too abstract. <laughs> do, you have, do you have some like... Uh, examples of, of situations in which you've had that mm. happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a, a, a concrete example to <laughs> to to lay it out. Uh, well, I remember this this time where I was discussing with my brother about um, the book "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill, and I was explaining to him how. Uh, Hill went all over the world interviewing these these millionaires and trying to find out the secrets and how they how they created something, uh, and I was explaining how it's it's about it's at least partially it's about positive thinking and and uh, and and he said well he's he's um, he's presenting this case of course of course he's going to show you all the evidence that that supports him and I was like well. You know, he he um, he went to all the millionaires, and he also went to people who who were failures, and interviewed them, and found out what they did wrong, and that, that was the the contrary thing. And <laughs> and uh, every everything that I presented, uh, my brother would just shoot down, like it wasn't valuable at all. And I was like, well, hold on, like actually let me explain the whole concept before you take one part of it. And try and fit that into your yeah rigid yeah, and try try to fit it into your world in a way that you can shoot it down and re- ignore it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's in, like like do you find like when you say you find that with a lot of intelligent yes analytical people yes, um, like I know I had this um, situation with a friend who is quite intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not you know necessarily very. Um, scholastically mm-hmm. minded, but he's quite a, he's an intelligent dude. Yeah. Um, and, but he's very stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to explain to him the impacts of his actions mm. on other people ah. was really difficult. And I, I, when you say, you know, you're trying to do this, like where it's just you get the key, and it's, <laughs> and yeah. I, t- you know, and 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 you know, you try doing it, and you have to be really careful not to like trip any of the self defense mechanism <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's yeah. like, duh, 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 yeah. duh. and 
it's not yeah it's like playing operation yeah up and yeah, <laughs> yeah. no because <laughs> if you hit that trigger then then they have to cool down and then you you're not going to have yeah. actual conversation with them for another few days or something <laughs> but i wonder what did, did like you know I kind of like to think of myself as a fairly open-minded person. Mm. Um, but I'm sure there's been instances in which I don't want to hear. Yep. And I think everyone in you know one sense or another, it's like there's a point where they're like, okay, I don't want, I don't want to, I'm not ready. Or, mm. But I don't know how much it is. You know, I mean, I'm quite critical of that. I'm quite like, am I? Am I? Am I open-minded? <laughs> Do I take on other people's ideas? And, da, 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 and you know, um, so it's an interesting thing of trying to trying to be open-minded and being open-minded. Hmm. I guess that's a, a something that is important to kind of ask yourself, and and it's 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 a hard one to be because everyone is like you know not not a whole lot of people go. I'm actually a really closed-minded person. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they might say it another way, though. Yeah, yeah. What? Um, I know we're going to run through the steps because the the critical point. It's got the. It's got like a. It's quite uh, extensive. With and it's got like a eleven points, eleven steps we need to take to uh, you know to to acknowledge all this, and it is that it's asking the questions of you know am I this or am I that or you know where which most people don't it's just you know why why would you when I know who I am I know what I'm doing and I know how to do it better than you so why are we even talking anymore yeah the first step was to to accept the pain and it's a pain when you realize that you don't know who you are you don't know where you came from or what that is you know you don't know what you're about and you don't even know if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing like your life mission your life goal you don't even know if you're happy you know, like you don't, you really don't know anything. And the article talks about being hung over for that little bit. Like, you know, you're a little bit disorientated. You know, you just found out that your teacher in grade two, you know, isn't the, you know, the, the store of all knowledge. Like it just, it just hit you like, he just made a mistake. This guy doesn't well, know anything. You're not God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like classic uh, Stewie family guy yeah. moment. It's like, you know, and we, you know, we might be mid 20s and when we hit that and we're like, you, you feel a bit silly because, like, you know, is it the whole time? The whole time the United States isn't the capital of the world? Like, who didn't, how come no one told me? <laughs> so that's, that's kind of, uh, you got to sober up from that and realize, you know, I don't live in the greatest country in the world. There's other places, other, there's other meals, and there's other, there's other people. Step two is to trace that, that path backwards of like, okay, who do I, let's start with who I think I am. Let's, let's start with my family. Who does my family think we are? What community do I live in? Like, you know, where does that range? Like what other communities are there? And it's a long process. Um, I find people that travel usually work all that stuff out a little bit faster because you realize that, you know, you're not, the center of the, the world, even though you are the center of the universe, if you think, you know, from your own, your own mind perspective, mm-hmm. but, you, but you need to kind of float in the water there and work out, you know, whereabouts, whereabouts you are. So, you know, examining your, your circumstances and, you know, even like your, your achievements, like, you know, what, what exactly have I achieved in the first 30 years of my life? And is that really a big deal? 
um, like, am I, should I have done more? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you should have done more or, or should I have been doing something else? It's like, okay, did I enjoy it? And do I want to do something different now? You know, it's all that like future direction. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the identification of, of this identity that you think, you think I have, man, I should have made more notes. <laughs> um, no, you're doing well. Don't stop. All right. Um, <laughs> So you got to examine the superficial level of, of who you are, uh, you know, so that opens up to like, you know, what kind of fears you might have or, you know, like the, these walls that we're saying that exist only because, we, well, only because we want them to be there. Like you, you, got to, you got to accept that they're there because you, you identify with that. It's like, you know, I don't like spiders because that, that makes me Aaron David Battle doesn't like spiders. For my whole life, I didn't like tomato. I moved to Mexico and I forgot. It's like <laughs> that was a big deal. Like my family knew, like Aaron's plate doesn't have tomato on it. Like I grew up in a big family. There was eight plates out. Aaron's doesn't have tomato on it. I'm there looking for my for my special plate with no tomato. It's like that's who I am. That's that w- part of your identity. That was part of me. It's like this fear of if Aaron's I eat thin tomato. If I eat tomato, what's going to happen? This big tomato wall. And, you know, I, and I still identify with that now as a joke. Like, you know, I just moved it from, you know, critical point, not so critical anymore. <laughs> and I made it. The critical tomato sauce. Well, now I, I still don't. Critical salsa. I like tomato sauce. I like Mexican salsa. I don't like Clamato in, in, <laughs> in my beer that, that I haven't, haven't got over yet. So, Clamato. Is that the... Clamato is is clam juice and tomato juice okay. mixed together. All right. In the you're, you've tried a michelada, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's so you probably you probably had one with clamato. Some some places don't do them. Some pl- yeah. It depends where you go. Clamato juice. Yeah. Good old clamato. <laughs> two two freaky things mixed together. Yep. <laughs> and micheladas are like super popular here between micheladas and Corona beer. That's like the the two favorite drinks of uh, of bar time fun. They get down with micheladas. Yeah, jumping to step four is uh, understanding your nature, perceptions. What have I got here? Your your decisions and your relationships. Um, that, that kind of stems on to to working out. I think um, trying to work out yourself. You look at the people you're hanging around with, and if and if they still if they still fit, like, you know, you're hanging out with, with a cool group of dudes and you're thinking like, you know, these are my friends. Um, they're going to, they're going to allow me that, that room to possibly morph or shape shift into a, a better version of myself. And they're going to support me do that. And they're, they're pretty good people. They're pretty people that, that are worth hanging on to having around you. Um, if you're hanging out with friends that are going to be like, Aaron, you don't drink anymore. Or, uh, you know, you, you know, you don't come out with us. You know what? What are you? What are you doing? I haven't seen you in in months. Like you were maybe the activities you were partaking in weren't helping you, mm-hmm. or if they're not there to, I don't know. I think people get caught up in in social groups just because they they're scared of being alone. They're like, you know, no one else is, no one's gonna like me if I if I don't keep hanging out with these friends. But I don't really like going out every Friday and and pissing my my paycheck up the wall. Yeah, uh, I think it's very important to surround yourself with people that support you. And even when you 100%. don't know who you are and what you want, yeah. they're supportive of that. 
yeah, it was, it was a big shift in between because sometimes you, um, I mean, not just your activities and people you want to hang out with, but sometimes your, your preferences of everything completely changes. Yeah. And uh, let's say some people that say, you know, I, I, I'm interested in what vegetarians are about. You know, I might, I might try and not eat meat for a little while. And it's got nothing to do with becoming a vegetarian or being a vegetarian. It's just, you know, I want to see how it feels to not eat meat for a few months. And as like a, my own experiment, you know, and you, and you almost need to ask your friends, is it okay if I do this? And it seems silly, but you turn up to a family barbecue and all of a sudden it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing for you to eat. You know, you've got that salad over there, but that's pretty lame. Um, we didn't prepare anything. And, oh, sorry, the vegetarians here. It's like sometimes family life can be tough. <laughs> Have I, you tried this, Aaron? Um, I've tried becoming a vegetarian. Uh-huh. It does – you feel a lot better. You feel lighter. I'm not – I think on a conscious level, you feel, you feel like you're lighter. Like you feel like you're making decisions better. You're moving through time a little slipperier. But <laughs> I, I don't know if that's actually true. I think that's just a, a feeling that I experienced when I didn't eat meat. I think it was kind of like this this world that I created for myself. Wow, I mean, regardless if you felt better not eating meat, then that's a reality. Yeah. So I had to had to check it and go, well, okay, now I'm going to eat meat again. Now I'm going to see if I can if I can stay, you know, as as comfortable. Not uh, now that I'm eating meat again, and I'm not. I, I feel lethargic. I don't wake up as comfortably in the morning. I got I just my energy levels are down. I, I'm questioning myself more. Like personally, I question whether my decisions are right more often during the day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that something because I'm eating meat, or is that because I'm critical of that I'm playing this little silly experiment? But I definitely feel like my stomach's heavier. Like sometimes I feel full for three days. It's like I'm hungry, but I feel full, and it's just it's just a silly brain game. Um, but that, that was my, that was my experiment. And yeah, my, my wife, Joanna is very supportive. She cooked non-meat meals for months. So that was, that was cool early in the game and she's a big meat eater. So, so like thumbs up. Uh, okay. Step five, um, view your life in, in context. Um, they they all go one after the other. So this is kind of like, you know, stepping off. Step four, um, viewing your life in context, like separating family life to work life to social life, maybe uh, other hobby hobbies you might have, and then and working out, you know, which one which one definitely fits um, the way I like, and then you know, okay, family life's good, I'll hang on to that. Social life's good, I hang on to that. Work life sucks, you know. Reconsider what you're doing for work. You know, hey, do you? Do you like the industry you're in? Do you like the career you chose? Um, you know, maybe do a little mind map of your of your hobbies and try find a work that fits in with that, or turn a hobby into work or whatever. But like reassess like the the weak points across the across the board there, all in context um, to themselves. But they also say like in in rules of in regard to the society you're living in as well. I mean, you have to. That's a note that I made, but I'm gonna have to read it again to see where, you know what what exactly that means. So I think a lot of people get caught up in these rules and society and where where we think we need to be, not where I'm comfortable. Mm. And I guess it's 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 important to work work within your limits, work what you can do. Um, 
not be limited yeah. by them, but work within what you feel you can do and not overstretch yourself too much. You, you mean like being realistic about yeah. you know what you can jump to? Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you're just setting yourself up a failure. Um, the next one's committing yourself to self-reliance. And I know, you know, we, we kind of gel on this. Well, we all do because, you know, we're living in Mexico now. So it was kind of like, let's see what we're made of. Yeah. Uh, Mexico's, I, I can say, uh, a harder way to live or to adjust. It is, it's a good adjustment from, from Australian life. Uh, you, you were going to quote a, a quote that you said was like just oh, the, yeah, the, solid, quote. the solid point here. Um, so a really interesting point of the committing to self-reliance kind of concept that's in this readings is which really um, struck home with me was that um, self-reliance, I mean, a lot of people, and I think me included, um, misinterpreted the meaning of self-reliance. And so in the, in the text it says, self-reliance is often misinterpreted as meaning to do everything yourself that you somehow must provide everything for yourself without any other people involved in the process. This is both an unrealistic and also extremely superficial understanding of self-reliance. And it goes on to say, self-reliance actually means standing apart from the desires and expectations of the crowd, of deciding for yourself what you want and what is the best use of your time, resources and talents. Now, I think that is pretty spot on. Um... And there's definitely points where you're like, okay, you know, I don't want to be reliant on a supermarket. I don't want to be reliant on a, um, you know, something, an unreliable food source or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so when I'm talking about working within your own limits or, or, or setting realistic goals, it's going, you know, Say you've got, you shop at Walmart or Soriana or Coles or Safeway. Coles, um, Woolies. Coles or Woolies. <laughs> um, Good times. And then you want to change. And this is something that I think I did. I wanted to change from Safeway and Coles. So I went, stuff this. I'm going to go and somehow get food from another spot. So there's local local produce, you local went grazing. Yeah. <laughs> I went and kneeled He's, on the oval. Okay. You did, you were you were a dumpster diver for a while, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. And so but I think the I think I'll go back to it. <laughs> um, Why not? Abastos. But yeah, well Abastos. But I, I mean here it's a bit different. Um <laughs> But there's quite a few good markets in Melbourne, like Queen Vic. And, yeah, there and, is. Uh, where out Brunswick, I think there's a couple. No, there is some really good stuff, and I think the thing is, I kind of went, okay, no supermarkets. What? What else? <laughs> <laughs> and so you've got to develop those things as mm. opposed to I'm just not going to shop at supermarkets. <laughs> you right. Know? So this is right. working with. You got to have a plan. Have a plan. Yeah. Have a structure of yeah. like, okay, if I'm not going to shop at the supermarkets. Where am I going to get my food that mm. I need to eat? So I did the sort of, you know, I did the dumpster diving where I could for a bit and then was like, sometimes I couldn't really get that much food. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa. So I, had, I went back 
and I sh- did little bits of shopping at supermarkets. Mm. Um, and, and then it's just like, oh, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> I don't feel good in here. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'll grow my own food. I'll grow my own food. But I'd never been gardening before. I'd never gardened before. So, you know, I started my first garden. It didn't really produce that much. I was like, <laughs> I should, these should grow things. <laughs> so it's the thing a, of having you learn the reason why we actually pay people to make food. Yeah. They actually, no. <laughs> Honoring the process of, of, of developing, not just jumping straight into the, the thing that you want to be completely, you know, whatever, self-reliant or something like that. Mm-hmm. Working towards that, having realistic goals in that mm as opposed to where you are now and this big monolith of where you, you know, the ultimate self-reliance, mm-hmm. you know, in this concept of self-reliance as doing everything for yourself, which it's not. Yeah. So it's the thing of connecting where you are now to where you want to be through the step ladders of process. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is there another... Um, yeah, it continues, but um, with this gardening thing, how, how far along did you get with that? Like, did you get a full garden bed yeah, set up? No, I've, you I, I've, grew stuff? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I've got a garden at home. Don't know how it's going now, but I set up an you know, irrigation system and set up a whole garden and growing broad beans and broccoli and kale and beans and weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... What else? Um, garlic chives and mint. It sounds like a pretty well-rounded garden. Yeah, but I mean, that said, you know, I still was like, oh, this isn't going as well. Ah, because I put I put the kale and the broccoli in the wrong spot. They need to get okay. more sun. Yeah. So they did. They just ended up shooting stem and not putting much leaf out. But there's the things. You know, it's a process. It's like okay. Yeah, right, put them in the wrong spot. As a kid, you know, I used to go out with dad in the garden and we used to garden a little bit, but it just seemed so boring and slow and nothing happened. Yeah. Um, I've had a garden here in Mexico, a, a series of maybe 30 pots. Uh, I've produced two rock melons, one watermelon, um, now coming on to maybe a kilo of tomato. Oh. And what else, is, what else have I grown? That's about it. My pineapples are about three years away. But... I'm thinking, yeah, that's not very much. You know, that's maybe uh, three salsas and, you know, one breakfast. But if all my neighbors did that, you know, I would have salsa all year because three three salsas, I only need one. You know what I mean? Like that's all the tomatoes turn up at once. If all my neighbors, I've got 10, there's 10 houses in, in a little section that I'm in. Um, if all my neighbors produced that, we would never need to go and buy tomatoes. There'd be always tomatoes There'd be, there'd be enough for everyone all the time. And, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt me to give out a few tomatoes here and there. So, uh, you know, I think we need, to, we need to extend this, I mean, self-reliance, this desire and balance with expectation. It's like, you know, this is why you can't do it yourself. If you build a team, then it's, it's easy to, uh, to accomplish. Yeah, totally. Doing, and that moves on in this to the fact that you can't do things by yourself. Yeah, doesn't the do scale it, doesn't work? Do it, do it with other people. Like, get get help. Help's great. <laughs> Step seven: develop your strategy. So start with a plan, 
and uh, and where you're going to go. So you need a, you need a solid team. I'm not sure if step eight is like get your team together, but um, you know I think it's a, an interesting example is who do you write down like all the all your friends and people that you hang around like who do you week to week have interaction with and you know maybe you can do like circles put you in the middle and have all your friends around the outside work out you know who am I spending like my life with and uh, you know are these are these valuable sources of uh, of help in my path of self-reliance I haven't done it I should do that exercise I'm, I'm, you're, you're speaking it and I'm going I'm, I want to go home and do that <laughs> I want to go home and pick my pick my life apart <laughs> cool so we just mind mapped your top five friends and who you, family members you hang out with uh, which is step seven your uh you're working out your network and your network you can call on. So, you know, bringing it on paper, bringing like, you know, your buddies together and working out, you know, different situations and he's running through like, you know, who you, who do you call on when you're in trouble or, uh, you know, when, when you want to throw a party, it's important to know who's going to back you up. Who's going to back you up? <laughs> who's got the organization skills to get things done? Yeah. Well, I mean, just even like, like just with work. Like you know, I if I want to um, if I'm going to apply for a new job and I've got my resume and I, I want someone to look at it, you know, I've already got someone in mind that'll look at my resume. Or if you know, I want to know about I fixing a part of my my botch, I already know which family member is going to know about botches, and I fix you know fix my my ball joint that fell through the other week or whatever. <laughs> Dude, the the, can, the adventure continues. Uh, okay, step eight is transforming ideas into and it's got like uh you know embracing the chaos um you know working out working on how you mentioned fears how they can possibly mm-hmm. help you or um i guess once you embrace it then it's not transform. really a, a fear anymore transform fears into friends okay that's step seven and let's think of an example for that no that's step six What do you like? I got step eight. Okay. Did I mess up or is or did the, the the book mess up? <laughs> Never trust a book. It would eat you alive given half the chance. <laughs> We're at trans- sometimes they're upside down. Transform fears into friends. Embrace the chaos, uncertainty, and instability as your new allies in life. Um, I think that's a really, really interesting point that I want to touch on this Thing of embracing the chaos, uncertainty, and instability as yeah. your new allies in life. Um, some really interesting stuff I learned that I sort of took into my, you know, cosmological uh, outlook on life um, was the ideas that have kind of been formed um, as a basis for. Um, school of philosophy thought called process philosophy Go on. Um, which is basically it was it was um, good old good old mate um, what's his name oh I've forgotten his name now um, I'll just look it up quickly <laughs> he's your mate or he's just he's a- <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we're on friendly terms. no this was about thousands of years ago in ancient Greece Heraclitus, 
There we go. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Heraclitus. Um, Very good. Um, so all philosophers in all time been trying to figure out what's the what's the ultimate thing? What's the ultimate meaning to life? What's the ultimate thing that makes up reality? What's reality? Mm. You know, that's the that's the core. I guess it, this guy got close. Well, I don't know, but it makes sense <laughs> to me because uh, I think I think we're still scratching that one. He, um, you know, everyone went. You know, Plato went. Oh, it's 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 the everything is just an illusion. Yeah, that's it. The shadows on the wall of the yeah, cave. Yeah, yeah. Shadows on the wall yeah. of the cave. The the theory of forms. Everything is just an imperfect, you know, representation of forms. And then. Um, Aristotle did the scientific and, you know, empirical sort of stuff and went, no, actually everything is its form and we have these ideas in our heads and the ideas are the the intangible, non-real things. Yeah. And then there was a whole bunch of other people that did, you know, thought everything was dust and everything was fire. And there was actually this one guy, I can't remember if it was Dionysus or, or something, that actually thought that everything is made up of these intangible particles that are way too small to see. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah, I know. What an idiot. Um, but actually, kind of, because then Heraclitus came along and he was like, actually, you know what? I mean, I don't think that everything is made up of, you know, the ultimate reality isn't these, you know, intangible particles or fire or, 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 or forms or something. He actually went, the ultimate unchanging reality is change. Everything changes. Everything is in a constant state of flux. See, yeah, like a dance. Yeah, like a dance. Yeah. And then, um, you know, fast forward a few thousand years and get to the starting of process philosophy, which is through a gentleman by the name of Alfred North Whitehead, I think is his name. Um, And he took um, Heraclitus' ideas and went, this is actually some shit. This is some real shit. I mean, keep in mind, this is a dude who wrote Principia Mathematica. Like, he was a, you know, serious mind of... What Whitehead did. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, not Heraclitus. Yeah. Um, Alfred North Whitehead. Um, a pretty serious mind and a pretty, pretty smart dude. And he postulates, and I think it's a really interesting concept that a really good way to stay grounded is to actually embrace the uncertainty and to concrete yourself in change as change is a, is a, is a, is a fundamental part of how we live. Keep shifting people. (laughs) Keep shifting. That's, that's like when you, when you grab the slippery thing, and go the slippery fish. And, and you go. That's 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 what I, that's what I got. That's solid. Did we talk about the slippery fish? I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> well, the, that's uh, okay, the slippery story, fish. Story time. Okay, so so I came up with this 
I don't know how much I came up with it and how much it was. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, claim it. If you I'm going to claim it. I'm claiming it. <laughs> this is but your slippery fish. It's the slippery fish. fish metaphor. Okay. And I think it was, um, it, it comes into its own talking about a whole bunch of stuff. But um, I kind of thought about it in regards to like national parks and, 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 and places that get really touristy, you know. So, or, or suburbs, you know, Santa Tere, um, which is the suburb we're in right now, for those of you who in Guadalajara in Mexico. Guadalajara. Super, super, super trendy. <laughs> super trendy. Not hipster Not hipster. Yet. Not hipster yet. Pre-hipster. It's the pre-hipspanic. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just did full circle. Okay. But, so... Slippery fish, slippery fish metaphor sort of applies. Um, and it's like this image, right, of a barrel with a fish or a couple of fish. But it's not important. The important thing is that they're very slippery <laughs> and they're very sought after. Valuable wetness. Valuable, valuable wetness for but, slipping through life. Yeah. And... We do this thing, people, you see this, this beautiful place with a beautiful vibe, so you want to move there. So you move there, and a lot of other people want to move there as well. It's got a great Santa place. Santa Tere. Santa Tere. It's got a pl- great, it's a great place, it's got a great vibe, you know, a lot of stuff happening, cool people, interesting, you know, rent prices are probably pretty cheap. More people start moving here, more people start moving here. Rent prices go up because it becomes a, demanding, a demanded place. And then the vibe that started to that, that, that created Santa Tere starts to get pushed out because everyone's trying to grab onto it. Mm, so it's the slippery okay. fish. You grab onto the slippery fish and it slips out. And the harder you grab it, the faster it slips out. It's basically the slippery fish metaphor. Okay, so ba- slippery fish, basic economics. Basic economics. <laughs> I, there you go. That should be... Um, a core course of business. Yeah, I should. Um, yeah, it's and and they should like get up the front and sing lyrics like if you if you love something, no, let it go. That <laughs> wasn't yours to begin. With. It was a slippery fish. It's a slippery fish, man. <laughs> yeah, don't try yeah, and hold good. on to the slippery fish. Yeah, that that's that's really cool. I mean, it's in context. I don't know how it is, but oh. it's in context to what we're saying. It's like you know, that's that's the one thing you can be sure of. So, you know, why not be sure of yourself and know that? I think it's a, it's a, I mean, it kind of got a little bit. We were talking about um, the thing of embracing the chaos and change. Ah, oh, there we go. Change. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Ah, oh, we come back to the circle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's this thing that things change, you know. Yep. Your, your, the place where you live changes and you must embrace that change and move forward with that and not try and hold on to that. Yeah. Not try and... Mm. It's like, um, like uh, in, in context to, to this and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be talking about your career. You know, you've worked so long to get the qualifications to be qualified to do this job role that, that you may have loved. You may have loved studying all those texts to get to where you were, but now you don't like the job so much or the job isn't what you thought it was. Why keep struggling to catch that fish and let it go and see where it, see what barrel it jumps into. And maybe that's a whole new industry and career that you didn't even think you'd ever want to do, but now you love it. 
And as I embrace that, I can choose. It's a new day. I can choose to do something different. That's that's the embrace and the no embrace the uncertainty, embrace huh. the inevitable, embrace the the instability of it all. Which, Transforming your fears into friends. By the way, it's not easy to do. None of this is easy. <laughs> no, we're just we're just saying it like like we've done yeah. it a bit. <laughs> oh, we've done it. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. It's like we we finished. We finished this game already. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, no. we, we died and we've been we beat we beat the last these. boss. We've got all the hun- level one hundred blastoise and yeah, that. <laughs> and done. Now, we've done. Now we're in heaven. Yeah. Now we're in this uh, these these godlike. Why is that place in in Pokemon where where you after you beat everything you can go somewhere and there's all these like Pokemon that's like I never got that far. Never got that far. <laughs> no. Oh, no, me neither. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Well, step nine, practice discernment. So my notes here say, you know, like you're removing things from your life. You might be conscious of habits that you might like, Mm. um, removing people. Uh, My my own term, my my brother's term is cutting the anchors. Like when when you need to move, you need to cut the anchors because... Um, it's like those scenes in the movies where, you know, you're trying to let your your pet wolf go and it's like the wolf wants to stay uh, loyal to you and wants to keep coming back. But, you you know, you have to be – you have to show this strong front like go, go, go woofy, <laughs> go back to the wild. You know, you can't – I can't have you with me anymore. You hold me back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it might be, might be a family friend or a, or a close friend that you're just like, you know what, um, I need I – need, do this thing by myself. You know, I need to, I need to find myself now. Um, other anchors might be that, that career that you think you still have to do. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I've got to finish. It's like, you don't have to finish anything or those, or, uh, or a book you might be reading and like, you know, you, you, you're not really enjoying it, but we're trying to be kind of trained to, to finish the end of your book. So it's like, you know what? You don't feel like reading that book. Just grab another book. Like I, I, I can't remember who was, who was saying like the, this? This idea of being trapped on books is something that no one, no one really understands why. But <laughs> yeah, th- th- so this is called the the sunk cost fallacy. It's another oh. another example of the sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So, <laughs> uh, so this this comes up a lot when uh, when playing poker because you'll be you'll be like, oh well, I already put uh, twenty dollars into the pot. I don't want to give up on this hand too easily, even though you're in a terrible position. Um, you know, the, your, your draw hasn't come out. You're on the river and, and you've got no hope of, of bluffing this fish. But you're like, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to give up yet, you know, because I put $20 in there, <laughs> not realizing you stand to lose another 200 um, And that's what it's like when you're reading a book. It, it, you you've know. already invested so much time in reading this book. Yep. Well, I got this far. Now I have to finish it. Why? It's, you're not gaining anything from it. I mean, it is. It is like, you know. Um, I, 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 I think there's, there's two parts to that. Yeah, or more parts. Um, <laughs> we'll go with the first one. <laughs> um, that you know, as one thing, it is. You know, you don't have to finish that book. Hmm. But there's also a thing of like. In, in a, you know, for me, for, for my university degree, um, I've changed a lot since finishing, since doing my university. Yeah. But I still want to finish my degree. 
I still want to, and I'm still interested enough in it yeah. that I want to finish it when I get back so that I've got that, um, that thing. Like I remember my, 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 one of my mates um, dropped out of high school in year 12, six months, not even six, four months before finishing the year 12 because he didn't want to. Seems crazy. Like, it seems like the wrong thing to do. Mm. Maybe, maybe. But did he make a good use of his time otherwise or not really? It took him a long time. Okay. Now he's doing pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say, though, without, without having walked in your shoes because I have to wonder, was he actually learning something very important in those four, four months? That, no, but it's like, it's like, you know, it's really useful to have your end of year 12 certificate. It's not... 100% necessary yeah. to succeed in life, but it is useful. And I guess mm. it is sort of falling into that sunken cost. Was it sunken cost? Yeah, sunk, sunk costs fallacy. Sunk yeah. cost fallacy. Yeah. Um, it, it, it depends. It but it depends. depends. I guess it depends on the, on, the, on, the, on the basis with which you make your decisions yeah. to finish or not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the, the, the fallacy itself is just like, well, I've gone this far. Yeah. May as well keep going. Like that's I guess kind of yeah, thing. That's, that, that's, and I think that's very, it's, a, it's a, a good point. Yeah. So if your thinking is only at that level, then you probably should quit. But if there's some, you know, obviously there's always more factors to consider. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned uni and how it's like, you know, you've changed a lot. Um, you want to finish. It's like the reasons why you want to finish it have changed. I've experienced the same thing. It's like you need to have you need to have a new reason for finishing. It's not just because I, I want to finish my uni to get a job. It's like there's, there's other options. I want to finish my uni because because I want to finish. Yeah. You know, because personally, I want I want to obtain that. Yeah. Um, anyone caught on the the book issue where they've got that book and they can't finish it last? I had it, and I did. I, three chapters. I I I I, I fucked off the fallacy. I was reading yeah. 24 Hour Party People. You beat it. By Tony Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not actually into this book. And I was like, almost finished. And I was like, you know what? Fuck the, this. The movie was great. Yeah, no, the movie, <laughs> I've heard the movie is really good, but the book, I just wasn't. It's not that it was a bad book. Sorry, Tony. I'm t- <laughs> hey, I'm not Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't what I wanted to read at that time. Yeah. It wasn't resonating with me. And so I was like, fuck this off. I'll tell you the other side of it. It's like start reading as many books as you want and have like five half-read books and then that way you're, you're completely out of it. That way that game can't hurt you anymore because you're never going to get stuck. You're reading five books. You're always you're always moving. It's like I embrace the wet fish, the slippery fish. The slippery fish. <laughs> there is. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate there as well, but it is also a thing of, you know, don't overstretch your abilities or, or where you were at. You know, obviously diversifying yeah. and and yep. being interested in a lot of things and being. I mean, in this article, he talks about a really really good thing, and I think that's a really really important point. Is, um being interested in a lot of different things in, in diversifying your skills and interests. Yep. So that if one stuff's up, you've got XXXXX other ones that you're interested in. Um, and so I guess it's a thing as well. It's, it's a balancing thing. It's like 
have some focus. 100%. Don't put all your energy into just one thing. I mean, some people do and some people succeed, but it's one thing. It's yeah. cutting all of your options down. Options are important. Options are integral. Um, well, step 10, which is the the next one, goes into devoting yourself to discipline and being responsible, uh, responsible of your thoughts, actions, uh, just being uh, dedicated, but then uh, able to control yourself enough that you can redirect yourself if you you know if, if you need like always be uh, aware of what you're doing why always be aware of why you're doing it and um have i guess variable goals so you're always moving in the right direction step 10 each step that i that i'm saying he's got his own chapter so you know i'm just yeah. trying to put it into you know one line one example mm-hmm. But I feel like I could read it again, and I'd, I'd feel like it's a different person reading the same the same article. Like you get caught on these these mind journeys, you know what I mean? And you, you don't you don't know where you're going to pop out. And you you always, uh, I mean, I was getting little light bulbs going off, thinking, you know, I've got to I got to reassess my life. You, you you feel that? Like it was? Yeah, like, totally. I was. How like, am I doing? Okay, all right, time to reassess. Um, I think that that's about it because eleven seems to to go back over um choosing and sharing um picking your team sharing the load um i guess the decisions and then i've got little diagrams of of onions and where you fit inside your family culture and <laughs> local friends let's see what else i got here layers of assumptions work out who you are and to summarize the whole article adventure time life journey meaningful experience full potential so if they're cool hashtags check out the link and read some some brain food yeah a bit of brain food (laughs) (laughs) yummy delicious delicious i think that's pretty good i'm pretty satisfied (laughs) cool okay thanks for joining us carlos Hey, it's been my pleasure, my absolute pleasure every time. It's Great. Delicious. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening to the Paradise Paradox, guys. We had a great time uh, producing it, so I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And uh, jump on over to Facebook. You can press like on Facebook. Hover over the the like button and you press get notifications so you get those notifications jammed into your into your Facebook feed. Much more interesting than reading the financial review or the New York Times, the Paradise Paradox. Reading through all those white lies uh, just to find your divine light inside. Check it out. So jump on over to theparadiseparadox.com. You can have a look. We've got a lot of great content on there, a lot, a lot of interesting uh, topics that we cover. Don't be afraid to, to leave a comment, reach out to us, reach out and touch someone just like E.T. Uh, propelling himself by a fart-powered jet fuel, uh, reach into his uh, starship enterprise on the other side of Andromeda. And uh, I'm pretty sure that was in E.T. Part 2, the 
Steven Spielberg never released version. Uh, and uh, jump on over to YouTube. Press like on YouTube, the, the subscribe button. It's a big, fun-looking button. You can press it, and it gives you a lot of jollies, works up your willies and rustles your jimmies. So press the subscribe button on YouTube uh, and uh, head on over to, to iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes. It doesn't cost you anything unlike a, a lot of albums that that so-called artists will try to sell you so jump on itunes subscribe on itunes uh leave us a review on itunes five stars the hilton hotel up in this beach and uh head on over to podcast addict or uh um podcast i forget what the other one's called but uh there's another one on android you can use and uh and jump on over to uh, theparadiseparadox.com the donate.theparadiseparadox.com um, we'll, we'll head you to through to our tip page so we're just looking for a little tip holding out a tip cup we just want a, a little bit just give us a little bite of, of your sandwich uh, just uh, send it in the mail to us so we can receive it or you know now it's the 21st century you can send us some money by bitcoin or paypal which tends to be more convenient than, than sending a uh, 150th of a, a rotten Week old sandwich. So jump on over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. We appreciate your support, guys. It helps us uh, continue this project and, and make it even better, increase our production value, um, order some new cameras, and, and uh, make, fit out my apartment like a, like a studio, or like in this this room over here, and put up put up pictures of me on the wall. Now I don't know why. Um, and uh, yeah, you can also see on on the paradiseparadox.com. There's a there's a there's a link at the top. It says uh, shop Amazon. So if you if you're gonna have a window shop or you're planning on buying something from Amazon, head on over and do that. Uh, jump jump on over to um, theparadiseparadox.com, and maybe you're gonna buy some books like The Magic of Thinking Big or, or Think and Grow Rich. Uh, and uh, how to win friends and influence people, some some classic uh, personal development books which, which are going to spark your brain cells, get those synapses firing and uh, help transform yourself into a new person, maybe start a project you're working on as, a, as an entrepreneur or decide to travel the world uh, and something new and exciting to rivet your, your spirit and, and give you some new skills. So So jump on over and do that. And uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. We, we really do appreciate your, your uh, divine light of attention that you're shining on us there. And uh, oh, for the show notes, you can jump on over to theparadiseparadox.com slash 59. That's theparadiseparadox.com slash 59. Uh, so head on over, do that, have fun. Um, remember to, to wash your dog. Don't, don't let it get too sloppy. Um, don't walk out in the rain wearing nothing but socks because they might need darning later. And uh, this is the, the this is um, 2015, so nobody darns socks anymore. So don't do that. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank <laughs> you.